Hi, my name is Dr. Rongan Chatterjee, medical doctor, author of The Four Pillar Plan and BBC television presenter. I believe that all of us have the ability to feel better than we currently do, but getting healthy has become far too complicated. With this podcast, I aim to simplify it. I'm going to be having conversations with some of the most interesting and exciting people both within as well as outside the health space to hopefully inspire you as well as empower you with simple tips that you can put into practice immediately to transform the way that you feel. I believe that when we are healthier, we are happier because when we feel better, we live more. I'm really excited for my guest on today's podcast. It is a gentleman who thinks that running, as well as other exercises such as walking, can be incredibly beneficial to help treat mental health problems such as depression and anxiety. And he is author of the book Run For Your Life. It's Mr. William Pullen. William, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Nice to be here. So, William, we have never met before. This is the first time for us. And actually, what happened a few weeks ago is that William interacted with me on Twitter. And, you know, I had 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 a quick look at your sort of homepage and looked through your tweets. And I immediately got that feeling that, oh, I, I really want to talk to you. This is going to be right, you know, aligned with with what I what do I think about, and I want to learn more about you. Just simply from having that, you know, you get a flavour sometimes from just looking at someone's, yeah. um, you know, timeline, what's on there, and so it's it's great for me that you're actually here today, and we can have this conversation. So, William, your book has got a fantastic title: "Run for Your Life." What is it about? Uh, so the book is it's does a few different things, actually. I hope on one level it encourages people just to get moving and running. Then it has some simple guides on mindful walking and mindful running. It has programs for running with your kids. And then it has specific programs for running with depression, anxiety, anger, things like that. Things to help you with those conditions. Have you always been a runner? No. Uh, All of this springs out of a meltdown I had about 11 years ago when Uh, I found myself in a meltdown and decided that the only way to get out of it would be to throw everything at it, the kitchen sink. So I threw at it running, and I was not a runner at all. If you can imagine the opposite of a runner, a smoker, a drinker, amongst many other things, and a poker player. It sounds like the lyrics to a song, doesn't it? Smoker, drinker, (laughs) poker player. Um, So how long ago was this? About 11 years ago. 11 years ago. And what sort of job were you doing at the time? I was in television, actually. So you're working in television, you're drinking too much, smoking too much, not looking after your health. And And I'm very much in love with somebody and that relationship. Uh, We were from different backgrounds, different countries, different religions. She... uh, in the end, our families, etc. It didn't work out, and it was rather devastating. And I don't know why I had this sort of meltdown that I did. I think turning 40 was part of it. But I decided to take up running. I took up psychotherapy as a client. Um, I took up boxing and yoga, anything I could to get out and keep me moving. Did someone say you should do those things? So, Because I'm just trying to get yeah. my head into the place where you were. So your relationship's ended. You yeah. are not feeling great. You're feeling burnt out. Um, you know, did you see a doctor? You know, what 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 was going through your mind at the time? Okay, so I was I would describe it as both depressed, but something bigger than that happening. And so, like a lot of depressed people, I found it very hard to action anything. You know, I I, I 
I did too much isolating. Too, but I knew enough. I still have a, a good rational mind, and I knew that the depression was telling me things that I knew weren't really true. And so I knew that I had to ignore those voices and start doing something. And nobody told me to start running, but I knew that if I could get moving, if I could get running, even if it started off with a 10-meter run, I knew that it would be good for me. I knew being outside would be good, the fresh air would be good, the camaraderie would be good, everything would be good. Wow. So you started running. You said you were boxing as well. Yeah. And what started to happen as you started running? What benefits did you start to feel? Well, can I just back up a bit? Because I'd like to give the story sure. uh, as it should be told. Because the truth of the matter is, is that in between me taking, uh, finding myself in the state and me getting help for myself, I saw a doctor and that doctor said to me, listen, there's a hard way for you to do this and there's an easy way to, for you to do this. I recommend you take antidepressants. And I was like, oh, I, I don't know about that. He was like, well, listen, if you take them, all that noise in your head, all that negativity will, will stop for a bit. And then you'll be in a position where you can start to think straight and make some rational choices. And it was because I took his advice that I was, I think, I was able to then make those rational choices and more importantly, actually go out and do them. So I owe a lot to him and I owe a lot to antidepressants. So I don't think it's easy for people and any of your listeners who, who are depressed. It's, not, it's, it's the hardest thing to go from being depressed to going running. You know, there are not many things that are harder than that. And yet it's what I'm advocating to people. But Yeah, it's the, 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 the sort of catch-22 there is that, you know, there's a lot of research out there about how exercise can be incredibly beneficial for people with mental health problems. But, you know, the irony is there that when you are feeling low yeah. or you're, you're struggling with your mental health, the last thing you probably feel like doing yeah. is going for a run. Yeah. So how did you summon up the motivation to do that? I, you know, you just get, you get desperate. You, 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 you get to a point where you realize nobody else is going to help you. And you finally decide today's a day for action. But I think I had a rational mind. I was old enough and smart enough. And thank God on antidepressants, which allowed me to think to myself, I, I'm the one that needs to do something here. And I could and I and I was experienced enough in the world to, if you like, do a sort of life hack and sell it to myself in a way that was doable. Because if I said to myself, Well, I need to go from being what I feel now to a full-on runner, this this would be something I would have never been able to sell myself. But what I knew by that point in my life from all the other things I've been involved with, which is that if you take small steps, one step at a time, it's a miracle where you can get to. Do you think that having somebody to run with helps you get the motivation that you need in order to keep running? Uh, Certainly for me it did, uh, and certainly for people who have um, mental health conditions, I would certainly say, look, if you're struggling to get out there, then definitely try that route. If you're coming at it more as just your interest in the mindful running, whatever, if you're happy to do that alone, then do it alone. It's uh, whatever works for you. In your book, you mentioned the term dynamic running therapy. Yeah. Where does that name come from and what does that actually mean? Well, I made it up, um, is the truth. Uh, dynamic, of course, refers to movement, uh, but it is, uh, I recognize, um, 
a, a mouthful, but it just seemed like a, a, a good name. It makes sense. It's dynamic. It's running, and it's therapy. Uh, I couldn't come up with a better name. <laughs> no, I like it. Good. <laughs> but so let's say somebody's listening to this, yeah, and they have been struggling with their mental health, or they know somebody, uh, as many of us do, who who are struggling with their mental health, and they want to talk to them about running as being an option for them. Is one of the options is that they can self motivate and try and start running and see if they can keep that up because yeah. we would hope that the more they do it, the more they, the better they start to feel. Mm. What is particularly unique about the strategy you outline in your book? Well, again, it depends w- w- why you've picked up the book. If you've picked up the book from Mindful Running, it's unique in the sense that it's my take on mindful running and mindful walking. Um, if you have you if you've picked it up for anxiety and depression, well then those programs are very particular in the sense of how I come at them. So you've got specific strategies in the book to actually help people with different conditions. Yes, indeed. If you go to, for instance, let's take the depression chapter, for example, you'll find that there's an introduction on depression, um, but. And then you'll find 20 questions to run with as many times as you like to explore and take notes of your particular experience with depression. So it helps you to you're going to use the body. You're going to use running with these questions. And the and the process of running will help bring up the answers. And for people who have never done it before, it might seem a little bit odd. But running really does help you bring up feelings and bring clarity to your feelings. I literally had a conversation in the last few days with a good friend of mine who, you know, uses running as a way to de-stress, yeah. um, as the, almost the antidote to, you know, the, 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 the work pressures and the family pressures. And it was just telling me how a lot of the time when, when the running's taking place, these ideas, these creative ideas come to the fore, but also... You know, he manages to process a lot of the things that he's maybe thinking about or struggling with in life. It, that happens almost naturally when he's running. Yeah. Is that something that you have found yourself? So much so. Uh, the, the creative aspect, the focusing aspect of running, uh, the motivation piece we're all familiar with. Even non-runners are familiar with that. But the, the way that it clarifies thought, or apparently does, um, is is just fantastic. So yesterday I was on a long chat with a lady in the States who's trying to put together a business management running course. So she's trying to get businessmen to run um, and in so doing uh, actually find themselves motivated in their own, own work to push them better in sales, etc. Because she recognizes, as I do, that there's something about the process of running, once you can get into it, that's in, 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 in massively empowering. Um, so I think for that reason, I would say to anybody, um, you know, just give it a go and you'll be amazed by um, what comes up, what comes out of it. I think it's like this. My experience is this. Sometimes you go out for a walk or a run, but I think a run is, is, is a stronger example of this. And you'll go out and you'll feel overwhelmed at the morning. God, I've got all this problem. I've got this issue. I don't know how to work it out. I don't know how to think through it clearly. And at the end of the run, even though you haven't spent hours deconstructing it and putting it back together, somehow you now know the answer. Or at least you feel that you know the answer. 
Now, what happened between point A and point B is a, is a, is a very interesting question. As a doctor, you'll understand the physiology of it better than I do. Um, I know a little bit about it. There's some in the book. So I think the brain chemistry definitely changes how we understand or how we're now experiencing what we were then experiencing. Yeah, but we also notice this happens with, with sleep. Um, you know, often, you know, if you go to bed thinking about a problem on the assumption that you can sleep, then whilst you access deep levels of sleep, there's some pretty interesting research I've read saying, well, your, your brain starts to try and a different part of your brain starts yeah. to solve that problem. Yeah. You know, when you're not consciously thinking about it, and I imagine there'll be a similar process going on when, when you're out running and you're sort of, you know, doing something else, your brain is subconsciously working away and, and yeah. maybe working more efficiently. You mentioned right at the start that you would run outside. Yeah. You also work as a psychotherapist now. And I'm interested to know what your thoughts are as you know should the running be done outside or can people still glean similar benefits if they run indoors on a treadmill uh they can get they can certainly get uh the majority of it um from a treadmill but uh it's you're, you're unlikely to run with somebody else on a treadmill it tends to be a bit of a solo pursuit so that you're losing that bit you're losing some of the biology that you're enjoying for your microbiome and all that business you're missing some of the vitamin d uh off the sun you're missing the um the being outside the fresh air all of the sensory input well i think intuitively i think we all know that we feel better when we're doing things outside. You know, working so. in a in a dark, well, it doesn't have to be dark, but a but a soulless gym, or you know, w- running in a soulless gym or running in a forest somewhere. You know, I think we all know what would be better. Uh, not, of course, not everyone has access to run in a forest. You know, and often it's on urban streets. But I, I, you know, my bias is to, you know, certainly recommend it to be outdoors where possible there's and no question certainly. and 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 you know one of the reasons i think it works better outside is because we're supposed to be going from a to b when you're running in a gym there's no there's no sense of getting from a to b really when we get to a to b i'm the person that's achieved something right even if it's just running around that still that still speaks to my biology it speaks to the mythology inside my head it speaks to the sense of accomplishment uh and this is this is massive, right? Because when you are depressed or confused, or let's say that you're trying to work your way through a problem, um, when I set out from A and I get to B, one of the things that's changed, one of the reasons why I now think that I have answers that I didn't have at A, is because what's happened to me? I've changed from being the man who at A didn't know what to do, right? So I'm a man who who's not who's not a doer. I'm just a thinker at this point, and a thinker that's lost. When I've got to be, I'm a, I'm now a doer. I'm a different man at that point. Yeah. I'm full of doing. And I think it's that confidence that comes and it trickles into your thinking and your processing. And suddenly, out of nowhere, a path of the many paths you were looking at when you were still at A about how to crunch this problem, suddenly one of them steps up and says, this is the, this is the path. It makes sense. I now know. Yeah, absolutely. I think you're absolutely right. And it's... You know, it makes me want to go outside and have a jog right now, actually. Yeah. Um, if you think about the term mindful running, yeah. when I first read it, I read the term, because I've not, had the, I've not managed to go through your book yet. I'm very much looking forward to doing that. Um, 
you know, a thought I had in my mind was, is this about running, but also really paying attention whilst you're running? So feeling your your foot, you know, hitting the ground and feeling that interaction between the foot and ground and then the spring as the foot leaves the ground. Is that what you're getting at? Or when you say mindful running, do you mean something else? No, that's exactly what I'm getting at. It's to be mindfulness as we understand it. Mindfulness in the in the Buddhist tradition is to, is to try to escape the uh, irrelevance of thinking about the past and the future all the time, because we need to stay in the present, don't we? There only ever is the present in that sense. That doesn't mean that we don't learn from the past and or prepare for the future, but fundamentally we need to be in the present. And so mindful running allows you, all mindfulness practices are about working on everything that's sensory. Um, in, in, in running, it's going to be your footfall or your breath or the number of trees or the sensation of fresh air. It's to keep on coming back to what your senses are, are giving you for input and, and to get away from that constant fear, what am I going to do here? What did I do yesterday? What will I do tomorrow? To get away from that and to live here in the present moment. Yeah. What did you find as you, in those two years between starting to run when you were clearly not in a good place at all yeah. to running the Paris Marathon? You know, was it a constant improvement each time in your mental health or that it started to escalate. You know, I'm, I'm really interested because I think people who may resonate with what you're saying may want to understand, you know, was that improvement you felt immediate? And as you kept on running, did the improvement keep going? Uh, I would say that it was pretty much immediate because I was doing it with a friend and I and I needed, because from where I was coming from, this depressed feeling and this powerless feeling, the sense of camaraderie and that somebody else mm. is also feeling the same way I did was enormously um, encouraging to me. So for me, I got a lot out of it. Now, had I be coming from a different place, maybe I'm just unfit and I wanted to take up running, It's that's going to be a slower uh, growth. You're going to feel, my guess is, and it's going to be different for everybody. But for many people, it, it, a lot of the very hard stuff will be at the beginning, right? That first 50 oh, meters, yeah. first 100 meters. Then there'll be a sweet spot. I mean, a lot of people then get really caught up in it. And then it's all about personal bests. And that's yeah. when the enjoyment can start to suffer again. So do you look at personal bests? No. That's no. really interesting. No, because one of the reasons... One of the things I, I, I find in my clients, the people that hire me as a running therapist over and over again, and in my regular work, is, is striving, is the problem of striving in the big city. People are trying to get ahead, and they're fragmented in all these different ways as they try to get ahead in the world, and they lose that relationship with just the present being. Yeah, and I guess if, you're, if that is your work life, then you don't want your running life or your your you know your non-work life to also be about getting ahead and what's that time what's that? Yeah. and i guess you know i certainly on on one level i can resonate with that in in terms of potentially being problematic um you know for a large part of my adult life less so these days and that's for a whole variety of different reasons but you know very competitive at work but also very competitive in you know, non-work pursuits, whether yeah. it's sports or whatever, yeah. you know, always wanting to perform very, very well. Yeah. And, you know, since I became a father, I've had to really question these, um, you know, these traits and try and 
you know, to, to figure out, is this a good thing? Does this, yeah. this going to be a good thing to, to show to my children? Are they, is it going to benefit them or is it going to put a lot of pressure on them? And, yeah. you know, I guess a, a wider a wider point is that for me, becoming a father change, has changed my perspective on so many different things. Yeah. You, you know, I certainly feel I'm a lot kinder to my children than maybe I would be to myself. And yeah. so it, it, re, it helps me challenge and and often change my own behavior um so is is that is that something you would recommend to people that you if you want to get into running to help improve your mental and emotional well-being would you recommend that they don't look at personal best and don't look at times just the opposite actually (laughs) it is a confusing subject um i think i'm very much for i think there's a difference between excellence and striving I think for me, striving implies, and it's not clear, but it's my interpretation. Um, We all know what excellence means. I think we all agree that excellence is a a wonderful thing. To be the best footballer I can be, uh, to be the best poet I can be, to be the best whatever I can be, to enjoy that process of growing and learning and, and feeling competent and feeling... Um, striving, on the other hand, I think often has to do with coming from a place where I don't feel good enough, trying to get to a place where I imagine I'm going to feel better, only to when I get there realize that I don't that I haven't felt this is not making me feel as good as I was planning to feel. Let me now push the thing on a little bit further until I'm finally running after this carrot that's not really getting me anywhere. So, and the brief answer to your question is that. Personal best is a lot of fun in whatever field you're in, right? Whether Whatever field you're in. Keep on. Excellence is fantastic. And challenges are, are highly correlated with happiness, Be, feeling challenged. Throw yourself into things in the world. Throw yourself into movement. Throw yourself into action in the world. Um, but balance it out. Learn how to balance it out as you have as a, as a new father. Because if you become all about... Um, um, pushing and pushing and pushing, you're going to end up in a place where you're never in the place you're in. You're always working ahead to get to the next place. And you'll find yourself suddenly waking up, realizing that you've got a Lamborghini in, in, in the in the garage. I'm going to try and come up with an, an analogy here. A Lamborghini in the garage and, uh, and Pee Wee Herman uh, in the mirror. Do you remember Pee Wee Herman? I don't, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Good, because it didn't end well for him. He was a famous TV personality and in, in, uh, a very funny comedian um, who, uh, who was an awkward sort of fellow anyway. It all ended rather badly for him. What are some of the, um, you know, as, as, as someone who's written this book, which has gone to a lot of people now, as someone who works as a psychotherapist, what are the obstacles you commonly hear from people why they are unable to do this? Oh, well, I think it's typically, well, I'm not a runner. You know, I'm not fit. And I say to anyone who comes to me with that, I'm like, well, that's not a problem. We're going to start moving slowly together. It's about progress. And So you uh, mean walking? Yeah, we'll start walking. We'll work up to a run, a very slow when I say run, a jog, even if it's only for a minute, the next time we'll do two. But we're also going to use that movement together to learn how you deal with what are the negative voices that come up for you when you can only hit two and you want to do three. And what do you do with those? So the whole thing, and this is what the book's about, is about learning how you relate with yourself, 
How, what are, what's your internal dialogue like? What's the quality of that language? And then addressing it where it needs addressing. So if it's particularly persecutory, um, then ask yourself, is that the way you would treat others? Is that the way you want to treat yourself? And is there a better way? Is there a better language? Can you, do you have to damn yourself? Can you not just say, well, I could have done better or I'd like to do better today? Not I must. Taking away the shoulds and musts, um, that's a big part of it. You mentioned that you started taking antidepressants, which you felt helped you or as you reflect back, you think may have helped you think more logically to make some helpful choices. Did you then come off those antidepressants? I did. I set myself a six-month period to be on them, and I came off after six months. Um, I, I, I'm not sure I would have done had I, if I didn't have the running to now regulate my mental health, which I still use to regulate my... I use it instead of antidepressants. So that's your therapy? That is my therapy. And would you consider yourself now, if I had met you at that time when you were experiencing all these problems and yeah. burnt out and you were you diagnosed with depression by your doctor? Yeah. Okay. Do you consider yourself still to have depression? No. And you put that down to the running? Most definitely. Well, that's Most incredible. Definitely. So did did you make any other changes or was that was that the primary change? That's a primary one. I mean, I think it helped getting out of television, which is, you know, not media tends to be a very superficial kind of place to mm. find yourself. Um, and and to become a, a, a psychotherapist has been a very um, it's been a, a very enjoyable and exciting process. Uh but I, I would put it down mostly to, to the empowerment that I feel as a, as a runner. I now know that if I go out and have a run, um, and if I can find somebody to run with me, I, I mean for my recreational, I know that I will feel better. So I don't need those. I'm always in the confidence that no matter how dreadful I feel today, if I do have a bad day, I know that if I can get out there running, that it'll all change at the end of that run. And if I need, if I still feel dreadful the day after, then I'll make sure I get another run in. So you're literally using it as a therapy. One hundred percent. In the in this in the last few years, have you ever, for whatever reason, whether it's an injury or work pressures, have you ever gone through a phase where you maybe didn't run as much as you would have liked to, and you noticed your mental health start to deteriorate, which then became a motivation to actually keep going again. Oh, most definitely, you know, and that happens to me quite often for one reason or another. Um, I find myself unable to run very much. I don't have time to run on my own account, or I've got an injury that stops me from doing... And things start to go downhill. Yes, yeah. things start to go downhill. But that, do you know what, I, what's, what, for me, William, what's so important to recognise about that is... That's the process of education. That's the process of empowerment. It's, you know, whether you're talking about food and people changing their food choices for a period of time and feeling great, Mm. and then work gets in the way and they get too busy and they start to eat out again and they don't, you know, they don't pay as much attention. And then what, you know, they start to feel bad again. And often they'll come in to the the practice, say, Dots, you know, I've been really naughty. I'm like, no, no, okay, let's just change the language about this. You've, that is... You're discovering more about yourself. You're learning, actually, that when you make good choices, you feel great. When yeah. you don't, you don't feel so good. And that then is that new level of motivation to understand why you're doing something. Because I fundamentally believe that no patient or no member of the public 
would or should do anything that I or anyone else recommend them to do long term unless they're feeling different. Because they might do for a few weeks. They might someone might hear this podcast. I very much hope lots of people will hear this and go, actually I'm gonna start doing that. See that helps my moods. You know, that would be my yeah, would be a dream scenario and I think that will happen. But if within a few weeks if they don't start to on some intrinsic level start to feel some form of benefit I think people are likely to stop. Yeah. Um, so it's interesting for me that when you, you don't do it so much, it's just a reminder. Um, so I guess I guess the question would be, do you have a set dose per week that you tend to do and you then supplement that with additional doses if you aren't feeling so good? No, I find personally, and everybody's different, for me, three doses a week is just about right. Um I run along the river uh, along the Thames. And so normally I'll do uh, two during the week and one on the weekend. If I go away for a weekend, then I try to do three during the week and it's in the morning. And do you find with your clients and the feedback you've had from readers of the book, would you say that three times a week is about right for most people? And accepting that there's a huge variation. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think that's a great way to go. And, and, and you know, even for those who are, s- are starting off slowly, then make those three walks or one walk and, and two runs or wow. just get out there, spend some time with yourself. And I'm not one of these purists who says that, you know, you can't listen to music. If you want to listen to music while you're out there, do that. I think it's nice also to switch it all off yeah. and just listen to the birds. But if, if music's going to get you out there, get that. If it's a podcast like this excellent podcast, get out there, listen to a podcast, get excited. I listen to a lot of podcasts and I find them hugely uh, inspiring in my life. They, yeah. I learn so much about the world and I walk away and I'm just like, wow, I feel like I've yeah. got all these tools and all this knowledge. Yeah, me too. I, I mean, I, I echo that, you know, when I'm, uh, I come to London quite a lot these days and yeah, I normally will get through at least one or two podcasts on each journey and it's just incredible how much knowledge and, and motivation I get yeah. just, just from doing that and I, I like your approach it's very pragmatic it's like look we need to get you outside and we need to get you moving if you need music to do that fine and I think you know it's it's really important these days to have those kind of very common sense pragmatic approaches there is perfection yeah and then there's reality and you know just moving people from being in boxes all day long Mm. and then sitting in front of the sofa in the evening to actually getting out and moving their bodies in the fresh air ideally that is a huge change for most people and Um, and if i can jump in i think you know in in therapy what i say to my clients is we're going to sit here together i'm going to hear about your world I'm hopefully I'm going to understand something about your world. Hopefully I've got something to add and through questions for you to understand about your world. But ultimately, in the end, you may have to make some decisions about how to live your life in a way that's more productive for you. So you're going to have to make some changes, probably. I was going to say that reminds me of, you know, that's putting something back onto your client or me onto my patient saying that actually I can help guide you. I can help show you some tools, but ultimately you're going to have to figure it out. You know, you're going to have to take ownership of it and figure out what's going to work for you. 
that's what I was gleaning from that. But when it works right, when you when you are in the flow, when you find that thing that works for you, the beauty of it is is you no longer have to go through that whole personal, you know, in, yeah. encouraging yourself because you know it works for you. And that's what this book is about in a way, is it gives you an opportunity to, to look at how you relate to yourself and your conditions. And then once you've gone through all of that, you can just run. And the beautiful thing about running is I don't need to spend hours while I'm running thinking about who I am and what it just works i know at the end of that run i'm going to feel mentally better no matter what i think about i'm going to feel mentally better physically better it's uh it's a fix yeah william it's very inspiring chatting to you actually and just hearing your own personal journey uh thank you for sharing that with me Pleasure. Uh, i'm sure many people will take you know motivation and inspiration from that I, I think instead of a podcast on my train home tonight, I think I'll be reading your book, Run For Your Life. Um, what I do now is I've started to do show notes. So I'll put a link to the book on the show notes right. at the bottom of this podcast. Um, I'll also put links to your social media handles. Where are you most active if people want to connect with you? Uh, Twitter, Pullen Therapy, P-U-L-L-E-N, Therapy. Uh, Instagram, D underscore Running Therapy. Or just on my home web website, which is dynamicrunningtherapy.com. Great. Well, we'll put all these links there in the show Fantastic. notes. Um, William, I always like to finish off, um, and, it, and it really goes into what you said about you finding podcasts uh, motivating and, and yeah. inspiring often, uh, as I do. Yeah. And I want to leave the listener uh, with a bit of inspiration, okay. with a bit of something to reflect on, something where, you know, something that they can actually think about putting into their everyday lives yeah. immediately. And I just want to, have you got any sort of final thoughts to share with the listener? Well, yes, I do. I'm glad you asked. Uh, one is um, that if you are feeling in your life like there's a, that you're carrying a lot, then think about doing an empathy run with somebody. If you know somebody else who feels like they're carrying a lot, go out and do an empathy run or walk with them. It'll really be great for both of you. But most of all, here's my takeaway. I, I really want people to understand to take a to take a punt, if you will, with uh, with attempting to walk, run, uh, in the ways we've described because. I know right now you may feel weighed down by what's happening in your life. You may feel like you're immovable and that the world is going to, it feels immovable forever. But trust me, if you go out there and you can get that first ta step taken care of and then just add one more to it and everybody can take one or two steps, I promise you at some point, maybe around step 15 or 10, you'll find yourself breaking into uh, just a constant flow and it'll all make sense. William, thank you for that. Thank you for giving up your time today. And thank you for coming on the podcast. I hope to get you back on again at some point in the near future. Pleasure. That concludes the latest conversation on my Feel Better, Live More podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please do take a screenshot of this page on your phone right now and post it on social media. Please do tag me on Instagram, Instagram stories, Facebook and Twitter. Please do use the hashtag Feel Better, Live More. I want this podcast to help transform the health of as many people as possible. So if you could also leave a five-star review on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts, that also helps me spread this message further. I'm always open to more suggestions. So again, please let me know on social media if you've got any more suggestions on people you would like to see me interview on this podcast. Thanks for listening, and I hope you can join me next time.